Welcome. In this episode of How We Got Here, we're going to look at the pilgrims. Years ago, I put together a book titled The Treacherous World of the 16th Century and How the Pilgrims Escaped It. It covered what was going on in Europe to give a background to why the pilgrims came to America in the first place. Now, the most common form of government in world history is kings. Nimrod, Pharaoh, Caesar, Kaiser, Sultan, Tsar. And whatever the king believed, the kingdom had to believe. Like Nebuchadnezzar, when he blew his trumpets and made everyone bow to his statue, or he would throw them in the fiery furnace. Not to believe what your king believed was considered treason. Now, in England, the king was the head of the Anglican church. And people were executed for not believing what the king did, like Sir Thomas More or William Tyndall. During this time, the government decided that you could not make up your own prayers because you could make up one that's wrong. So the government wrote all the possible prayers they could think of down in a book, the Book of Common Prayer. And if you were caught with a small group making up your own prayers, the police, like the FBI, would kick in the door and arrest you and drag you off to a government hearing room called the Star Chamber as it had stars on the ceiling. They would conduct investigations and have hearings and twist your arm and cut off your ear and brand you on the face as a heretic and make you confess to things you did not do. And then they would throw you in a cell where you would waste away for years. And they did not even feed you. You had to have some friend that missed you that would bring you food. The government passed the Conventicle Act. It was to outlaw small group meetings called conventicles. It comes from the word covenant, where Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. In Scotland, they were called covenanters. The name was changed to the Riot Act because you could be planning a riot in your little Bible study. So the police would bust in, pull out a piece of paper and read the Riot Act, which said everyone must immediately disperse or they'll haul you off to the star chamber and you won't be seen again. Someone who was caught was John Bunyan. As he was dragged away, he declared, better to be persecuted than be the persecutor. He spent 12 years in jail. And that's when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Well, then there was the Five Mile Act. If you were caught preaching within five miles of a town without government approval, you were a criminal off to that star chamber. The king ruled the Church of England through a hierarchy of bishops, called Episcopal. This was different from Presbyterians who elected their own elders and from small congregations that were completely independent, called Congregational. In Edinburgh, Scotland in 1637, the first time the bishop had the minister of St. Giles Cathedral read from the Book of Common Prayer, a market woman named Jenny Geddes threw her three-legged stool, smacking him. This sparked a riot that led to the Bishop's War. This was followed by the killing time. Congregations stopped meeting in church buildings to avoid government mandates, and they met in open fields. The king sent his armies into the fields, chasing them down and killing hundreds. This was the climate in Europe during the Pilgrim Era. Now, another aspect of the pilgrims that's worth noting is their covenant form of government. 
Instead of a top-down hierarchical government where the clergy does the ministry and the laity is lazy and watches, reformers had a covenant form of government where everyone was involved and the pastor trained everyone to do the work of the ministry. They got their idea from ancient Israel, the first 400 years out of Egypt, before they had a king. Israel at this time had millions of people, everyone was taught the law, and everyone was personally accountable to God to follow the law. They were in a covenant with God and with each other. Pilgrim Pastor John Robinson wrote in 1617, We are knit together as a body in covenant of the Lord, whereof we do hold ourselves straightly tied to care for each other's good. When the pilgrims sailed for America, they were planning on going to Virginia. Even though it was a king-run colony, they felt the 3,000-mile ocean would allow them some freedom. When they set sail, their ship, the Speedwell, did not speed well. It began to leak. They tried fixing it twice. Then they abandoned it and consolidated onto the Mayflower. This delay cost them as they had eaten through two months of food and were now sailing in colder weather. They were caught in the freezing storms of the North Atlantic. The beam supporting the mainsail cracked and had to be pried back into place. The pilgrims were confined to a dark four-foot-high between deck for the 66-day journey. They landed at Massachusetts, 500 miles from Jamestown. They tried sailing south, but almost sank in a storm. The captain sailed back to Plymouth Rock and told everyone to get off the boat. The pilgrims had a question. Who would be in charge? They were going to go to Virginia and submit to the king's government, but now they're being told to get off, and there was no king-appointed person in their group to tell them what to do. They did something revolutionary. They gave themselves the authority to start a government. It's called the Mayflower Compact. It states, we, in the presence of God, covenant ourselves together into a civil body politic. They took their covenant church form of government and made it their civil government, a church group covenanting itself into a political group. It was a polarity change in the flow of power on planet Earth. Instead of top-down rule by kings, it was bottom up rule by we, just the 102 of them. In the womb of the Mayflower was conceived the child of self-government. This was an example to other New England colonies, and eventually the U.S. Constitution, which starts off we, the people. The word federal is Latin for covenant. This is why we look to the pilgrims when we are discussing the founding of our country. Another interesting pilgrim story is Squanto. Half the pilgrims died the first winter, and they probably would not have survived longer. But in the spring of 1621, Governor Bradford wrote, about the 16th of March, a certain Indian came boldly among them and spoke to them in broken English. His name was Samoset. He told them of another Indian whose name was Squanto, a native of this place who had been in England and could speak English better than himself. About four or five days after came the chief and other attendants with Squanto. They made a peace which has now continued for 24 years. 
Governor Bradford wrote of Squanto, he was carried away with others by one Hunt, a captain of a ship who intended to sell them for slaves in Spain. Edward Winslow recorded in Mort's Relation, published 1622, Captain Hunt, a master of a ship who deceived the people and carried them away and sold them for slaves like a wretched man. Though records are scarce, it appears Squanto was kidnapped around 1605, taken to the slave markets of Malaga, Spain, rescued by some Christian friars, and given his freedom. He found his way to England, where he worked for years. He was then employed as an interpreter on an expedition to North America. He was led off at his tribal lands only to discover the entire tribe had died in a plague. Bradford wrote, about three years before, a French ship was wrecked at Cape Cod. The men got ashore, saved their lives. When the Indians heard of it, they surrounded them and never left watching them and dogged them till they killed them, all but three or four, whom they sent from one sachem chief to another, making sport with them, using them worse than slaves. Evidently, one of them must have had an illness, and the Indians did not have immunity for it, and the plague wiped out that tribe. Though tragic, had Squanto not been kidnapped, he most certainly would have died in that plague. Governor Bradford wrote, Squanto stayed with them and was their interpreter and was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. He showed them how to plant corn, where to take fish and other commodities, and guided them to unknown places and never left them till he died. Bradford continued, the settlers began to plant their corn, in which service Squanto stood them in good stead, showing them how to plant it and cultivate it. He also told them that unless they got fish to manure the exhausted old soil, it would come to nothing. And he showed them that in the middle of April, plenty of fish would come up the brook by which they had begun to build and taught them how to catch it and where to get other provisions. Nor was there a man among them who had ever seen a beaver skin until they were instructed by Squanto. Because Squanto put them on good terms, Edward Winslow wrote in Mort's Relation, Our harvest being gotten in, so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together, after we had gathered the fruit of our labors, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest, their greatest chief, Massasoit with some 90 men whom for three days we entertained and feasted. They killed five deer, which they brought to our plantation and bestowed on our governor. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Benjamin Franklin wrote in his autobiography, there is a tradition that in the planting of New England, the first settlers met with many difficulties and hardships, as is generally the case when a civilized people attempt to establish themselves in a wilderness country. Being so piously disposed, they sought relief from heaven by laying their wants and distresses before the Lord. Becoming the gratitude they owed to the divine being, they should proclaim uh, thanksgiving. And from that day till this, they have in every year observed a Thanksgiving Day, which is religiously observed. Well, I hope this 
episode of How We Got Here on the Pilgrims is interesting. God bless you.